Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. My name is Laura Isaac, and I am a granddaughter of a veteran and a spouse to a veteran. Psalm 85 Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You pardoned all their sin. Let me hear what God, what God the Lord will speak, for she will speak peace to her people to her faithful, to those who turn to her in their hearts. Surely her salvation is at hand for those who fear her, that her glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before her and will make a path for her steps. Jeremiah 1, 4-10 Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly I do not know how to speak for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Acts 11, 19-26 Those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, also proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to faithful to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. And a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and they taught a great many people, and it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians.
Good morning and welcome to the first Friday of Advent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from Iamsville, Maryland. This morning's readings are courtesy of my partner, Laura Isaac, and they come to us from Psalm 85, Jeremiah 1, and Acts 11. And I spoke yesterday about um, the book that I'm writing, Grunt, uh, God is a Grunt and Other Good News for GIs, or and more good news for GIs. Um, and one of the things I write about is, um, or one of the things I'm interested in, um, that I actually, yeah, I actually did it for Ponder Exchange, which I had to put on pause as soon as I launched it because I, I wasn't expecting to, frankly, I wasn't expecting that I would get picked up for this other book project and they want it very quickly. So I, I'm, I don't have the time and the bandwidth to continue to do interviews and, uh, script out explainers, but one that I did do, um, which you can find uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, look for Ponder Exchange, I think with or without an E, but anyway, um, the very last line of the reading, it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Um, this is important because uh, we, I know I took for granted that I was a Christian, I was born in America. Uh, America was, you know, basically a Christian nation. It was founded on Christian principles by Christian pilgrims. Um, and so I just kind of, you know, when, when you inherit language, it doesn't have the same meaning or it doesn't have the same force as it would if you haven't inherited it and have had to learn it. And so much of what I do in Ponder Exchange and, and God is a Grunt and a lot of my work is to kind of roll back this language that we think we understand or that we take for granted. And one of those things is Christians. To be called a Christian, uh, so Antioch, the Antiochians, um, had a reputation apparently for giving people nicknames. And this reputation was so widely held that within just a couple of years, um, this nickname from the Antiochians in Antioch um, I don't know, maybe there's another name for people from Antioch. I just call them Antiochians. Um, but it was so, it was such a, like people knew, and I think people anticipated, like nicknames coming from Antioch, that um, by the time that Paul is is arguing or debating with uh, Herod Agrippa, um, uh, when he's on his many travels, um, he kind of talks to Agrippa as though like he's going to make him a Christian. And Agrippa says, oh, are you trying to make me a Christian? Are you trying to make me a Christianos in Greek? And so Christ is the anointed one. It's, it's the, the, the Greek language trying to make sense of a Hebrew term that means anointed. Mashiach means the anointed one. And kings were anointed, judges were anointed, prophets were anointed, um, and so to say um, the anointed one instead of an anointed one was to imply a uh, something above all those other anointed ones. Anyway, so Christos is that Greek word for anointed one. Uh, Christianos um, is kind of an amalgamation of Greek and Latin. Latin wasn't hugely popular outside Rome until really the second century, uh, going into the third century, but it was popular 
with intellectual types. And so Christianos takes a Greek word Christos and adds a Latin suffix anus, which means uh, possessed by or owned by in terms of ownership. Um, uh, think slavery. So to be um, uh, Loganus is to be one of my slaves, is to be a slave to me or to be owned by me. Uh, things can be owned, slaves can be owned. And so to be called a Christian was to be um, called a slave or someone who was owned by Christ. And it was a pejorative term. Herod Agrippa uses it as, you know, in a derogative manner. The Antiochians used it in a derogative manner. Um, the outside world looked at Christians, these Jews who thought, unlike the rest of the Jews, that this anointed one had come, and it was this fellow who at that time would have been known as Joshua, son of Mary. Um, and that's another naming thing that, you know, Jesus and Joshua, it's the same name. Joshua wasn't born Joshua, he's born Hosea. Moses gives him a divine prefix, Yah, or, uh, Yah uh, there's no J sound in Hebrew. Um, it's a, a Y, so it was Yah, Hosea, or Yeshua. Um, and that Yah, Hosea is the same exact name um, in Hebrew and in Greek um, that Gabriel tells Mary, um, uh, will be the name of her son, born of, you know, born immaculately. Um, but anyway, the Christians, it wasn't until um, later, uh, in one of the letters of Peter, the first letter of Peter, I can't remember the verse, where Peter says, um, hey, you know, don't, don't take this title as one of shame. Take this title Christian under the, you know, uh, assume the title, the name Christian, and wear it with honor. And it is much like the N-word uh, has been um, uh, retrieved or uh, co-opted from the dominant culture to uh, belonging to uh, the minority culture, African-American culture, to such an extent that the dominant white culture cannot even utter it. Like that is that is how strongly it has been co-opted back to uh, the the community it once degraded. Similarly with Christians, not to the same extent, um, but to be a Christian was a term of derision. And the author of the first letter of Peter says, no, wear it as a badge of honor. Wear it proudly um, because you belong to Christ, because you are owned by Christ. And it seems that that um, between... Uh, that encouragement in 1 Peter, 1 Peter, and Paul's own kind of like, you know, ribbing Herod Agrippa, um, that that is what first begins the Christian community taking that word and using it not, or, or not like keeping it at bay as though it's an insult, but in fact adopting it as their own and wearing it, as 1 Peter says, um, proudly and honorably. Um, and so, when we say that we're Christians, uh, we sometimes forget that that has meant to be a part of a minority culture, uh, to be part of a, a group that has been persecuted, not because we don't get to do the things that we want to do and hate on the people that we want to hate on, 
but because we were a minority. We were an oppressed, misunderstood, um, marginalized um, population in a very power-driven world of Roman uh, occupation, inhabitation, whatever you want to call it. Um, And we would not have uh, any part of the Bible were it not for those marginalized minority communities um, standing up and speaking for themselves, um, standing against the kind of bandwagon bullshit of their day, whether it's you know the Babylonian creation myth or the the myth of redemptive violence or um, uh, you know the deification of the emperor or the president, like we are, you know, it is communities that have um, faced down impossible odds, um, uh, w- you know, loaded with power, loaded with um, influence and, and status, and they've been, we have been on the bottom rung of the ladder. That's where we were born, and that's where Jesus remains. Um, and it's a reminder, I think, in this reading that um, if we if we shame others for being on the bottom rung, or if we grasp at any kind of um, opportunity to not be that you know the lowest rung on, on the ladder, we're doing something wrong. Um, we have to be prepared to wear insults as badges of honor. Um, we have to be prepared for um, the world looking at us in a certain way. Um, and knowing in our heart of hearts that it's not true, um, that yes, we are in fact owned by Christ, but it's not something to be afraid of. It's not something that um, is a heavy burden um, like injustice or oppression. Um, and so it's, it's on us um, as Christians, as those owned by the anointed one, um, to live into that identity and to remember those who... Um, who are where we no longer are. And what I mean by that is to remember that even if we might not be the lowest rung on the ladder, there are peop- if there are people below us, to treat them as our neighbor, as our friend, as, our, as family, whether they're Christian or not. Um, and the Bible has us do this because we were once, Christians were once at the bottom rung of the ladder. Um, and far be it from us to um, overlook, ignore, reject those who um, we perceive to be below us, because we've been uh, below everyone else. We've been defaced and um, oppressed and mistreated and killed, um, and so it should be a warning against us doing the same thing, uh, despite reality being a little bit more complicated. Um, so, uh, I was wrong. It's not actually about, um, God is a grunt. I speak about this on Ponder Exchange episode titled, What is a Christian? I'll try and put up an update over at Ponder Exchange. I have one more interview, um, that I haven't aired yet and I'll reach out to them. Um, unfortunately, I, I just don't think I can, uh, put the same kind of work into it. There might be workarounds. But at the very least, I do. There's a couple of interviews uh, and an explainer uh, episode up 
Um, my conversation with Jeremy Stainthorpe Bergren in particular, I think, is really important. Um, and then this, uh, what is a Christian, uh, will hopefully be followed soon by what is a soldier, what is a Christian soldier, what is the militia, uh, militia day. So I have like this series of Ponder Exchange episodes that I hope to record. A lot of the content is already there. I just need to kind of polish it up and then put them online. But um, with the blessing of a new book, um, I've you know it carries the um, the unfortunate side effect of not being able to continue that project, uh, Ponder Exchange, at the same rate that I would have liked to. Um, but first formation is still going strong. Um, I'm trying to record the night before, so it's available at 6 a.m. every morning. And maybe with Laura's help, I might be able to knock out um, these recordings at night a little bit more consistently. But thank you for listening. I hope you um, check out Ponder Exchange wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep listening and keep, uh, keep the faith. A prayer for the oppressed from the Book of Common Prayer. Look with pity, O Heavenly Father, upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these, our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the riches of this land. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash pewpewhq. You can contribute as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instructions will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with pewpewhq in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in the episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I can't convince you to jump in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.